Okay, the color of hat for this episode is blue. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Over the next few minutes, you're going to hear how to manage all the slang words that people use for genitals that your kids might hear too. And welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul and I sit in a car each week answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. And the answer to this week's question comes from the Courage Pillar inside the Evolved Family Method. Now, the Courage Pillar shows you how to step forward and start conversations with kids when it doesn't feel natural or when your feelings are holding you back or when you feel anxious about the feelings your kids might have about a conversation that you want to start. So what you may do when you have a question like this about slang, and let's just read the question in detail. Let me get it up here. Hi, Sarah. What is your recommendation about teaching children or talking about bad words? I mean, like ugly names for body parts. For example, I can imagine a bad name for a vagina. Um, that could be something like pussy um, or maybe a word like cock instead of penis. Should I teach these words to my kids or should I just let them learn it by hearing it? I could guess what your approach would be, but I want to hear it from you. What is your suggestion? So what any of us might do if we have a question like this is try and prevent our kid from hearing words like that in the first place. We might always and without fail use the anatomical correct word for the parts on our body, especially genitals. And we might absolutely correct our kid if they use a slang word. And all those actions make sense. I understand why we would do that, right? Because many of us have been taught that using anatomically correct words is important with our children. It keeps them safer. They have language to explain if something has gone wrong. And uh, many of us were brought up with very clear rules about what being polite looks like and sounds like and how to be well-mannered. So slang wouldn't have fallen into that well-mannered category of behavior that you probably were taught in your family. I was absolutely taught that. However, I've learned that when a parent or a caring adult who is raising a kid does what feels right by following um, the rules about slang or crude language, there's a particular effect that's coming into play and it's called the silent connection breaker. Remember, the evolved family method prioritizes connections with all sensitive conversations. So if we prioritize politeness, for example, or even being anatomically correct, we fall into the trap of acting like a tongue-tied parent, a parent who is having trouble talking about sensitive things in an open and natural and connecting way. Now, a sign that you might be acting like a tongue-tied parent would be you would be feeling anxious about accurate terms for body parts. Maybe you're worried that mm, your kid might hear slang or derogatory words at school, or perhaps you feel unsure about how to counteract those words at home in a way that feels natural and gentle. And that's the trick, right? And that all makes sense why you would feel like that. We're all in new territory here. The way we were raised don't really doesn't give us skills to manage language like this in a connecting way. In fact, I heard a story from a mum 
who remembers getting hot mustard put on her tongue by her parent who heard her use a swear word. So it makes sense. If we've had an experience something like that or being told off for using a swear word or a rough word, we might not quite know the right way to go about this part of parenting because we're doing it differently. So in this episode, I'm going to show you how to manage all the slang words for people use for genitals and other sensitive subjects so you can banish the silent connection breakers between you and your kids and you can move from being a tongue-tied parent over to start building your evolved communicating family one conversation at a time. Point number one, we do not always have to use the correct words. I'm going to say that again. We don't always have to use the correct words. And you might be thinking, what? That goes against so many things you've said in past episodes of sitting in a car, but let's talk more about that. We're about building connection and creating openness in our family, right? As well as giving our kids the skills to stay safe. We want to prove to our child over and over and over again that they can come to us and ask us anything. So anatomical words are important, absolutely no question about it. They're important for our kids to learn and it's important for us to use them in our family. But when we use them, we aren't replacing the slang words with the anatomical words. We're actually adding the anatomical correct words into our family conversations and showing our kids by example how to use them while at the same time, and this is the trick, also explaining the other words that they might hear. So this allows or gives our kids permission to ask us about words that they hear that they might not know what they mean or tell us stories about people at school who are using different words that we don't use at home. And when our kids have permission to tell us those stories or ask us those questions, we are actively building our evolved communicating family. And just so that we're all clear that we're talking about the same thing, an evolved communicating family, the Christics of a family like that, um, parents have, and other caring adults as well, have ongoing open conversations about sensitive things. And oftentimes those sensitive topics are ones that other families in the school community are not what they would be talking about. Another characteristic of an evolved communicating family, children feel able to ask questions and parents have the capacity to answer those questions comfortably. The final characteristic of evolved communicating family is um, children are able to come to the adults who love and care for them the most and tell them when things aren't going right. Whether that is someone said something to them at school someone has asked them to show parts of their body to them, someone has touched parts of their body that they shouldn't have. So an evolved communicating family is all about openness, understanding, acceptance and connection. Step number two, build a bridge between the world, the words your kids hear and the words you are using at home. And when I say build a bridge, I mean draw a connection between a word like vulva, for example. And now I'm going to say a slang word for vulva. So just prepare yourself. Pussy or 
fairy garden or you know something even more sort of harsh like cunt so you can say in your in your house in our house we use the word vulva but outside with other people you may hear other words um, like pussy lady fairy garden front bottom and you can add in other words that you can think of and in fact maybe your kid will be able to tell you some too and you know you could add even more crude words if you want to now, I'm not going to say many more crude words here because in sitting in a car try and keep it fairly gentle uh, but I just need to for authenticity tell you that behind the scenes of sitting in a car I have a potty mouth and that's just the way it is so I have never had much of a problem uh, drawing comparisons between accurate sort of anatomical names and the potty mouth names but um, we are all different right and we all have different levels of comfort with that sort of thing so this is why this conversation this question is oh so important so building a bridge it can look like creating a collection of slang words so if your kid can write or read you could start a word bank a word collection um, you could do this using post-it notes and the front of your fridge or the one of the cupboard doors in the kitchen or you could create a poster that you cover with plastic contact paper so you can use whiteboard markers on it so that every day if anyone hears slang words that they hear to do with parts of the body they could add it to the collection of slang words now you might be thinking Sarah really but you know remember we're focusing on building connection um, so how does this build connection first of all it's funny it's showing our child that their parent you me or their guardian is up for having conversations that other people's parents or guardians um, think are dirty and wrong so there is something very powerful um, about the experience where our child is able to say to a friend of theirs oh we're building a collection of slang words or rude words and the friend says oh my mum my mum would never want to do that right and each time a new word is added to the collection of slang words and just for the record you don't have it to have to have it displayed on the kitchen if that's a step too far you could buy one of those big notebooks really really big ones that open up big and you could keep the collection in there that's one way to do it and then it can explain why you're doing that you might have a grandma or an auntie who would be upset if they saw the collection of slang words on your fridge door so when you're collecting it you're talking about how these words are not to be used in the doctor's office or in our home but you might hear people using them in the playground or when they are watching some sport or maybe you'll hear them when you're watching movies that are designed for older people adults so we can start talking about the rules for all these words step number three remember that this dynamic that we're talking about it's that there are some words that are right for home and there are some words that are right for other places might feel overly complicated and you could be wondering well how is my child going to get this surely if they know a slang word 
they might say it when we're visiting the grandparents, for example, or standing up, standing in the supermarket queue waiting to buy chicken fillets for the week, right? But kids already have an understanding that some behaviors are right in one context and not welcome in another. Some of those that they might already know are clothes, clothing choices. If your small person is doing swimming lessons, they might already know that you can wear a swimsuit to go into the swimming pool, but you wouldn't wear a t-shirt and a pair of jeans unless you're doing life-saving training. But that's a whole other thing and your kid might not be doing that at this point. Your kids are probably a bit younger. Um, another example, different table manners that we're using on a picnic. For example, you know, we're allowed to eat with our hands. We might sit on the tablecloth or the blanket, whereas if we're at home, we don't sit on the tablecloth. We sit on a chair and we use cutlery. Um, the most pro popular one maybe is outside voice and inside voice. Your kid probably understands by now that when they're outside, they can yell and scream as much as they want, but when they're inside and we're in a small space, that we need to use a voice that their our volume is lower. So our kids already understand this sort of thing. They know that a sandwich can be eaten with the hands, but soup needs to use a spoon. So you may feel a little bit anxious about delving into this territory, but it is just another example um, and way to show our kid that we're here for them no matter what, and that the principle of something's okay and one in one area and not in another area is familiar to them. So you've just learnt how to manage all the slang words that people use for genitals that your kid may also hear. But this information doesn't do much good if you don't know how to manage your feelings and reactions um, before you start these conversations. And we go into a lot of detail about the skills and strategies that you can use for emotional management for yourself and your child, that's also called emotional intelligence, um, inside the kindness pillar, which we teach inside the Evolve School. So if you would like to learn the whole Evolved Family Method that helps parents and other caring adults have open, natural, connecting conversations with growing kids, uh, you might like to put your name down so that you can hear the next time the Evolve School opens up. There'll be a link somewhere around this episode that you're watching or listening to. And if you click that link, you can leave me your details and I can do the rest of the work. And that's sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. Bye for now. Here, um, oh, no, forget it. Start again. Start again, 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 again, start again, start again, start again, start again, start again. Okay, gonna start again. I just zoned out there. Did you notice that? So weird, so weird.